0: You are
1: listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free, bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Avalara, where you can be a sales tax hero without being a sales tax expert. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan.
2: Welcome everybody to another QB Power Hour. I am very glad to have you guys all joining us for today's topic on sales tax. Be a hero without being an expert. And I love that title, Dan. Great job with that one. My name is Michelle Long. I'm a CPA with an MBA in entrepreneurship, owner of Long for Success, trainer for Intuit for the past, gosh, 11, 12 years, 13? I don't remember (laughs) for a long time. Author of five different books. Check them out on Amazon if you'd like to check those out. I'm really glad to have you guys all joining us today. I hope everybody is staying home and staying safe and healthy and uh, enjoying time with the family. Hopefully, you're not getting on each other's nerves yet, (laughs) but we're very glad to have you joining us today for this Power Hour. Dan, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong, owner of Dan Witt, formerly of Intuit. Uh, for about eighteen years and um, the I, I cut my teeth on uh, QuickBooks point of sale and sales tax was oh. one of those one of those nuances of that of that program that was of course very important to um, uh, to 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 our customers uh, but it was one of those things that people just really shied away from. Uh, so I was the only one that stood forward when it came to figuring out sales tax to be able to support it. I was a, a corporate trainer for Intuit and, and trained most of the tech support group on on point of sale as well as QuickBooks. And uh, I'm just really excited to have uh, you know someone come on that that loves sales tax as much as I did.
2: And speaking of someone who loves sales tax, um, oh, I thought we had a slide there. I guess it didn't get updated. That's okay. Matt, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself quickly?
0: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I like to say that I definitely get to talk to talk about sales tax. It seems like almost every week, it's at least six days a week, which is good. Uh, Monday through Friday, we're we're having a lot of conversations every day. But uh, I've been with Avalara over five years now, and I've focused predominantly on the the QuickBooks space as well as the you know the small to medium sized business that's just looking to outsource or is growing and really wants to figure out what the best path forward is uh, from a compliance perspective and and really just have a conversation about um what states you should be collecting tax in a lot has changed over the course of the last couple of years uh very verse in the quickbooks space and the audience and it's a quickbooks community right i think we're We're more of a family, and we're obviously coming together with what's going on uh, in the world today, and and sales taxes is is no different. It's always challenging, so uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of good information today, but excited to be here.
2: That's great. We're really glad to have you joining us, too. You do have some really good information. Um, A little bit more about the QB power hours, in case some of you are new to us. We do these every other Tuesday at noon Eastern. As you can see, today's topic is sales taxes. We're going to do bank feeds in both QuickBooks Online and Desktop uh, for our next one on April 14th. And then we've got more coming in May. We're going to talk more about the QBO Advanced and help you learn more about that and the features that it has, things like that. Also, we want to let you know we're going to start transitioning to Zoom where we can do Facebook Live, we can stream it to YouTube and do a little more things that we're not able to do with QB Power Hour. So pay attention for that. We want to have you keep joining us and we want to make the transition as easy as possible. Um, So we will be transitioning over the the next few weeks there. And as always with QB Power Hours, we talk about QuickBooks a lot with desktop online or like today, we have third-party apps and, and services like Avalara that helps us with specialized features and functionality. Plus, sometimes we talk talk about marketing tips, value pricing, and, and others. You can see the links there for the PDF of all the slides and handouts, the recordings, as well as a podcast. If you want to listen while you're on, your, on the go, thank you, Dan, for getting the podcast up and going for us. You're able to do that now. And also, on the upcoming events, I wanted to let you all know that, unfortunately, due to everything going on in our country right now, the spring training tour um, is postponed. IE canceled. Um, So hopefully by fall, everything's all calmed down and we will be going to cities near you. But the good news is you're not losing out on training. There's training available every week. They have webinars. If you go to qbtrainingevents.com, there are free webinars where you can get certified in QuickBooks. Um, One of the things in particular is with this advanced sales tax or the automated sales tax in QuickBooks Online, that's covered in the advanced certification training. So you can get that available online Um, and you can get other webinars at qbtrainingevents.com as well as virtual conferences at that same link. So check that out if you need CPE or if you want some additional training that's available to you. Our agenda today, first of all, we're gonna have Dan giving you an overview of sales tax and how that works with desktop. Then I'll talk about the new, uh, the QuickBooks Online sales taxes and the new automated sales tax, as well as the classic. Then we're going to have Avalara and Matt. I'm just so excited about some of the stuff he has to join for pre- join join and share with you today. So um, we got some great stuff ready to go. Dan, you want to talk about desktop?
1: Yeah. So the the thing about desktop and and the thing about other desktop softwares, you know, even point of sale or or QuickBooks desktop. Uh, the sales tax when it, when it comes to sales tax it is very robust. Um, it's based off of uh, item based collection when I say that what we're talking about is setting up items on your items list to be able to to, uh, to, to go and, and work with the, the sales tax functionality so um, we'll have the on the next slide it'll talk about you know sales tax groups versus sales tax items but it's based off of the creating an item, on your item list in in QuickBooks to be able to collect the right rate. Um, it can be used for most instances. So you have all those nu- nuances with sales tax, uh, like threshold and item-based sales tax. Because uh, I was thinking about it this morning. You know, sales tax is is broken down into three things: uh, what you sell, where you sell it, and who you sell it to. I mean, those those things are d- different components of of whether you need to collect sales tax at all, which is a yes or no question. And then there's the, how much do you collect? Uh, so you can, you can pretty much mimic those things. The problem is, and the burden is, it's all, it's really on the user. You have to know the rules um, in order to set that up. So if you know your, your rules, then you can pretty much do almost anything that you wanna do with regards to, to setting up sales tax inside of QuickBooks desktop. So next slide. So in desktop, you're you're going to create uh, sales tax items, and those indivi- those are individual components of uh, of of the of the sales tax itself. Typically, it's you know state, county, and municipality, whatever that happens to be, and. And this is where it can gets, uh, can get a, a pretty tricky. Um, I used to no, well, I still know the friend. <laughs> I used to, somebody used to work for Arizona uh, State Department of Re- or the, the Department of Revenue here, and I just asked her out of out of curiosity, how many jurisdictions are there in the state of Arizona? And she said there's like 504, just in Arizona. Um, you know, unfortunately, you have some some states that don't collect sales tax, so that's zero. But just you multiply the number of sales tax, or sales tax jurisdictions by state, uh, especially when if you're considering something like uh, e-commerce, um, that gets really, really tricky. And, and Matt is going to, I think, blow our minds when we really talk about the, the all the, the, the complexities of, of sales tax when you are doing something like that, because, you know, even just a local business that. Has like a, a, a truck or what what have you you know if they had sell their inventory off of a mobile like a service truck like a heating air conditioning they have to know where they're selling that that to. In desktop you can use uh, sales tax on the body of the of the sales uh, body of the sales transaction. So your sales receipts and your and your invoices inside of QuickBooks you can actually play around with. Uh, using sales tax directly on the body of the the invoice, which is not something you can do in QuickBooks online. Um, so that way that that way it, it helps be able to uh, allow you to be able to function with those nuances with like a, a luxury threshold or something like that, where it's like a boat. It's only sales taxed up to forty five hundred dollars or whatever it is. If you sell it on Tuesday in uh, in Florida. I mean, whatever it is, you know, it's, there's all sorts of different uh, things to to know. And, again, that burden is is reliant on the business owner or the person that is actually setting up the sales tax in, in QuickBooks. So, moving on. Uh, so, this report is what allows you to help you f- uh, pay and file your sales tax, the sales tax liability. Uh, for my years in, in technical support, Uh, This report itself uh, was as confusing as it was useful, Um, (laughs) especially when you have multiple, you know, a multitude of sales tax that is paid to the same sales tax vendor. Uh, So typically most sales taxes will be remitted to uh, the state and then they disperse that sort of thing. So when you have multiple sales tax items set up to multiple uh, or the same vendor, then this report gets really confusing. Uh, when you're when you're looking at it, but this report is designed to help you remit and uh, say uh, submit your and file your your sales tax form, however that happens to be. The 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 challenge with desktop is it doesn't uh, it doesn't dictate reality. It just helps you do what you need to do in reality. Uh, so if you have to go online to to submit that form. Uh, that's not something that QuickBooks Desktop is going to handle uh, outside of just helping you, you know, giving you the information you need to help you fill out those forms and then remit that payment, which is on the next slide, uh, to allow you to be able to pay the uh, the sales tax. The, the functionality is uh, is listed in here. So when you go to pay the sales tax, it'll list what your amount due, what your amount is due through whatever date that you show. Uh, on that pay sales tax uh, functionality and it is a special check. So when you create a tax sales tax payment, um, typically what a lot of people do is they'll just write a check because that's what they did. They wrote a check to uh, to their to their tax vendor and put it to sales tax payable. And that's great for the accounting side of things. but QuickBooks likes a sales tax payment, uh, transaction and uh, it will show up or mess up the amount that's due uh, based off of not doing it uh, correctly. Um, so, you can not go through and pay sales tax this way. It all goes through the special account of sales tax payable. And again, QuickBooks does not file or ePay. Uh, so, you're really just matching reality in QuickBooks uh, as opposed to dictating reality or making something happen uh, through your through your QuickBooks. So that's kind of in a nutshell, the sales tax in on and desktop.
2: One, one thing, Dan, though, like you said, when people pay that sales tax wrong and they just do a normal check. One of the things that I love about desktop, though, is under the client data review tools, under those CDR tools, under your accountant menu and desktop, you have the ability to use a tool that will find and fix mm-hmm. those sales tax payments where they just entered a check instead of making it a sales tax payment, it will find and fix those for you pretty easily with that tool. So yeah. that is something that is nice um, that we have in desktop with, when it comes to sales taxes.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, it doesn't mess with your reconciliations if you if you uh, had reconciled that check already. Uh, so it's a really neat, uh, neat tool. Uh, yeah. If you can if you know how to use it, if you I mean, if you can find it and use it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an awesome tool.
2: Yeah. And one of the most important things too, or one important thing at year end is you all are cleaning up these files. That's something to look for. Go look at the balance and sales tax payable. Have there been any payments in it? Because what you'll find sometimes is on their income statement, you'll see something like state tax expenses, and they've been writing a check and posting sales taxes to the expense account instead of to that payable account. So that's something you want to look for at year end when you're doing some cleanup work.
1: Yeah, My um, favorite story is from that, that same friend who worked at the Arizona Department of Revenue was every month somebody would come in and say, I can't afford to pay sales tax. And then she would just give them that deer in the headlights look of, wait a minute, what are you doing spending the state's money? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's, let's talk about what is a liability and what is an expense to your business now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because there should that- be no, exactly. you know, there should be that question or that that statement should not be uttered from a business owner's perspective you're holding it on behalf of right. the taxing authority
2: it's not your money <laughs> i actually client we had to set up a separate savings account for sales taxes so he would have it available because stayed in the bank account he was ready to spend it so we had to move it over <laughs> he's got burning Our, pockets <laughs> yeah let's talk about quickbooks online now and one of the questions that came in somebody says a the client is using QuickBooks Online for invoicing. However, the bookkeeper does the books with desktop. Hello, that makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> um, I want to merge the files in QBO. Is there a danger of the upload wiping out existing files? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> when you convert a desktop file to QuickBooks Online, it will wipe out what is in QuickBooks Online. So there are third-party tools that you can use um, to do some importing and exporting and transactions and get the invoices in there and things like that. That's beyond the scope of this engagement, but no, do not do that because you will (laughs) wipe it out. So let's talk about sales taxes in QuickBooks Online. And it started with the manual desktop, uh, the manual sales tax feature in QuickBooks Online that was similar to desktop. And we'll talk about that in just a second, but the new automated sales tax is now available in QuickBooks Online like dan mentioned in desktop you have to set the write up in quickbooks online with the automated sales tax it's automatically calculated and set up for you. One of the things that I know clients used to have trouble with is let's say the sales tax rate is increasing as of January 1st, they would forget to change it on the items list like Dan was talking about and they'd be charging the old sales tax rate. Um, With QBO and the automated sales tax, it's gonna automatically update for those changes um, and it's gonna calculate sales tax automatically. So that's really nice. So who has the automated sales tax? People that are new to QuickBooks Online. When you create a new QBO company, um, you can get the new automated sales tax feature. And it's possible if somebody did a desktop conversion that you're gonna have that new automated sales tax feature. The other sales tax center its the manual sales tax in QBO. This is the old one that's been around um, for many years now. You do need to input the rates, just like Dan said, so I'm gonna go over it kind of quickly here. You have to set up the rates yourself. It is different from desktop because they're not on an items list. They're all within the sales tax center and the sales tax agencies aren't on the vendor list, they're in the sales tax center. So that's something a little different between desktop and online. Uh, but you do have to input the rates yourself and you need to set up any of those combined rates um, that Dan talked a little bit about as well. So who has it? Legacy QBO, people that have been using it for a while. And some people choose to calculate it manually. They don't wanna go to the new automated sales tax feature. Um, So you can, if it's available to you, Intuit is rolling it out. You can convert from the manual sales tax to the automated if you would like to do that. And there are more details on this in the um, advanced training materials, module nine um it covers all this in more detail um because we're going through it a little quickly but one of the things with the automated sales tax it it is great in some ways and it concerns me in other ways so one of the things that is nice is it helps you to do the setup really quick and easy you generally only need to add the sales tax QuickBooks will know which local and district taxes apply so if you've got you know usually what they do is there's a county sales tax rate a, a and a a city, a county and a state, all those sales tax rates, but you only pay one amount to the state and then they divvy it out. And so QuickBooks will know which local and districts apply and it calculates the sales taxes based on the location and location is really, really important and I'm glad we've got Matt on here to help you to understand more about Nexus because location is key. It's gonna go based on the seller's address. So whoever's selling it, unless it's shipped and delivered and that's where we see people getting into trouble now because people are selling through e-commerce or on amazon or other online things and we have sales going all across the country which could be triggering sales taxes in states and locations all across the country that you're not aware of and matt's going to help you learn a lot more about that in a little bit so i'm not going to go over it too much but just let me and matt you can help me with this one here this is how important it is. There was a mattress company and I believe it was in Washington selling mattresses to Oregon. Is that correct, Matt?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah they were
0: actually based in Oregon and they were uh, crossing the border going into Washington and actually doing deliveries. And someone had actually been either an, an audit or something of, of the sorts was uh, just happened to be seeing their truck while they were at, uh, getting coffee or something, and then and then went and talked to them, and they weren't registered while they were doing business and crossing the state. And it, uh, it it's a wild story; if it's worth the read. But uh, I think it ended up shutting their business down because they weren't registered in Washington. They were doing it for a long time, so it's not good.
2: It did, it did. They did a sales tax audit, and they wound up owing millions in back sales taxes that they hadn't been collecting, and it put the company out of business. You know now, who do you think if some if if it's a bad situation like that, if sales taxes go bad and they're not set up properly, who do you think they're going to point a finger to the accountant or bookkeeper, right? <laughs> So that's why I'm excited about the automated sales tax feature, but I'm also concerned about it because sales taxes are so complex. So location is key, but then also the product or service that you're selling. And I learned this from some people at Avalara years ago. If in some locations, if you have a Hershey's bar, it's taxed as candy at one sales tax rate. But if the Hershey bar has almonds in it, now it's food. And that's a different sales tax rate. So when we're setting up these product or service items, we have to know all these details. And I don't know about you guys, but I am not a sales tax expert, nor do I want to be. So I don't want that liability of saying, you know, and another example, fluoride toothpaste and non-fluoride toothpaste. And Matt's got some other great examples that he's going to share with you. I don't want the responsibility of knowing that level of details, and that's why I do recommend often when I'm presenting and teaching these certification classes or other training, I recommend people turn to someone like Avalera because they have the services as well as the app to help you with these things. I don't want that responsibility myself. Um, and we're going to I'm going to show you a little bit more about setting up the products and services as, in just a minute, and then, as you know, sales taxes are also based on the customer. Is the customer taxable or not? Are, do they have a resale um, exemption? you know are they buying for resale? Um, are they buying for a nonprofit organization or a governmental organization so Sales tax is calculated based on all three of these different things, and if any one of them is set up incorrectly, you're gonna have problems. And so here's an example of where within the automated sales tax in QuickBooks Online, you have to set up that product or service item. First of all, you have to choose the right sales tax category. So in this example, we're gonna choose a special category like under software, and you'll notice on the right-hand side then, so once you want, need to choose a special category, Under software services, is it consulting? Is it installation? Is it tech support? Which one is it? Maybe it's all of the above. I mean, this is where, you know, I don't want the responsibility of, oh my gosh, I choose the wrong one. You know what I mean? Because you have to now set it up item by item and make sure that you get it correct. Because there's way more details to sales taxes than we ever realized. So while it's great and it makes things, you know, a lot easier for us because it's more automated than desktop is. Um, it will track the rate changes. So at the beginning of the year, if the sales tax changes, QuickBooks Online automated sales tax will automatically update the new rate for you. It also will recognize the sales tax holidays. So that's awesome because most, well, I won't say most, a lot of places have back to school shopping sales tax holiday where Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever days it is, if you're buying school supplies, if you're buying clothing or computers less than a certain amount or all these intricate things, no sales tax for these three days. And around here, we had one where the county and state said no sales tax, but the city still did. Well, QuickBooks will automatically adjust these rates um, for these products. Because before, small businesses would have to go in and change the taxable the taxable status of these items for a few days and then change it back again when it was over. So, I mean, it was very cumbersome and onerous on these small business owners or the accountants and bookkeepers to deal with the sales tax holidays. So the automated sales tax and QuickBooks Online will do that automatically for you. So that's a nice feature about it. Um, It it does save us a lot of time in that regard. With QuickBooks Online, you can e-file in some states and locations, not all states and locations. So you can set up to e-file and e-pay in some areas, but filing manually is always an option. And like in this example, you'll see we can't e-file this one, so you're gonna have to file it manually. So more and more states and locations are making it available to e-file. So it does make it super easy to do some of that. Then also, you know, you guys got a lot of extra time on your hands. You want a little light reading (laughs) as you're enjoying yourself at home. Here's a few resources that you can look at a little bit more on some sales taxes and stuff. Um, And I know Matt's going to share some great resources with you as well. But remember, this is going more in depth on how to set it up and how to go through it in the advanced certification training, I just pulled out a few key things that I wanted to share with you. So keep in mind the new automated sales tax feature in QuickBooks Online is great in some respects. But it's also really scary for me because the risk that we have as accounting professionals, if we don't get it set up properly and there's a sales tax audit, all fingers are gonna come back to us and that liability is not something that I wanna deal with. That's where I turn to somebody like Avalaric because they have all these great services, not just the AvaTax app, but they can help you determine nexus and things like Matt's getting ready to talk about now. So with that said, Matt, I'm gonna go ahead and pass the ball to you and let gonna, you give us the real good details here.
1: I'm going to launch a poll while while you guys are doing that. Uh, just a real quick yes or no question: Are you aware what Nexus is? And then just yes or no. Uh, so so go ahead,
2: Dan. How about how about I ask you this question, Dan? People are wanting to know if they can input in a manual tax rate instead of location calculation.
1: Well, anytime in quick, and I assume this is in QuickBooks online, but anytime that the the calculation is, uh, is done, uh, there is going to be a link available for you to click on and you can override it to whatever it is that you, you believe it should be. Um, And you can break it out even by, by component, uh, component there. So, um, you know, from, you know, I left, uh, I left Intuit in 2018 and the auto tax was just in its infancy. Uh, So I heard all sorts of things that it didn't do right. Um, But you can always go in and just override it. But again, that burden now falls back on you on you um, as as the business owner or the bookkeeper and accountant to know what that what what that should have been. And a lot of times that ship has already sailed uh, and (laughs) now you're you're either, um, you know, holding it, holding the bag, uh, owing the sales tax uh, to the state because the state doesn't care that you uh didn't set it up right uh, they just want to know what you what you do when you file when you file the form
2: Yeah. And then someone else had a question here. Why is the amount due negative for San Domingo Row? What does that mean exactly? Keep in mind when we do these screenshots, we're getting them from sample companies that all of us trainers play in. So don't think that everything in there is is correct (laughs) by any means. Like for example, when it comes to payroll, we process payroll all the time, but we never pay it. And we never pay the payroll or the sales taxes either. So you'll see all kinds of funny things in those screenshots. So don't pay attention to that. And like Dan said if there is like a sales tax audit or if you discover that you owe more sales tax or you invoice somebody and you didn't charge them sales tax in the advanced training materials we tell you how to make some adjustments like that we also cover how to see how the sales tax was calculated automatically so if there is something wrong you can override it like he was talking about or you can fix it or whatever there's more details in the advanced training materials that we don't have time for here
1: yeah, typically that will show up uh, when you're looking at that report. It'll have a difference in what what the amount collected versus what the amount due is uh, when you go to pay the sales tax, and that's that's where you have to put on your Sherlock Holmes hat and try to figure out uh, what was entered that's causing that to happen. Uh, but like Michelle said, that's that's a that's a whole hour in itself <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to piece that together. So we did have the uh, we're sharing the 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 results of the poll. So Matt, good news. Uh, a lot of people know what Nexus is. So that's awesome. <laughs> so you have I, uh, le- less work on your hands first off.
2: <laughs> you know what though, Dan, good. I, I would say that I think I know what Nexus is, but after hearing Matt, I think I'm going to realize, I don't know what Nexus right. is now after some of the new rules <laughs> and lawsuits and things like that. Yeah. So
1: Sales tax is definitely one of those things where it's uh, you, the more you understand the less you realize what you do truly understand (laughs) about about sales tax. Now, Matt, I'm not sure if it's uh, presenting on your end.
0: Uh, Can you see my
2: my slides? Not yet. Agenda?
0: Okay. Give me one second here. There we go. All right. Perfect. Now we should be good. Yes. There we are. All right, perfect. Well, thank you, everyone, for, for being on the call today, and then hopefully you'll get some uh, some good nuggets to take away from, from this today as we talk about sales tax. Again, I've been at Avalara over five years and spent a lot of talk, a lot of time talking about sales tax, and, and it's a very consultative approach, right? We need to learn a lot about your business. Um, and the things I want to make sure we cover today, we'll do a high-level sales tax overview, which we've talked a little, little bit about so far. And then we'll also dive into economic nexus and what that means and, and truly how 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 it's going to impact your business. The South Dakota Wayfair ruling. From the whole sales tax world on its head, and a lot, a lot has changed over the past uh, 18 months. We'll dive into the streamlined sales tax, the way where you can leverage Avalir for some uh, free services, and then also we'll walk through how you can automate sales tax compliance in addition to the native functionality within uh, QBO as well as desktop. If you have any questions on any particular slides, please go ahead and type them in in, in real time. We'll make sure to have plenty of, uh, plenty of time at the end once I run through everything. So to begin with, sales tax is really complicated, right? Sales tax is—it's extremely hard. There's over twelve thousand taxing jurisdictions across the U.S. today. Uh, I, I spoke with a gentleman last week, and he told me he was in Texas, and that was the only state he had to worry about. And Texas was was rather easy. And then I made him made him understand that there were uh, over fifteen hundred ninety-eight taxing jurisdictions alone in Texas. And and needless to say, we talked for an hour. So uh every state's different we'll walk through some of the states that are very challenging as well as some of the states that are not hard there are a handful that don't do sales tax and we'll cover those uh, but at the end of the day your company is responsible for collecting and remitting sales tax uh, assuming you have a tax obligation in that state number one and we'll talk about that and then also assuming the product or service you're selling is taxable and the customer you're selling to is a taxable, uh, com- a taxable company. And if you think about it, there's a lot of reasons where there may not be tax applicable, right? So if you're selling to someone that is, uh, reselling your product or they're exempt from, for any form of fashion, whether they're in, in a university, government entity, uh, anything along those lines, it's your responsibility as the seller to be able to provide documentation for why a customer is exempt. So we'll talk about exemption certificates. That's a big piece of the compliance puzzle. Uh, exemptions for the taxability of the product will vary from state to state. And then there's a lot of things that go into the actual uh, determination, right? The who, what, when, where, why, and how. So we've already done the first poll question for do you know what Nexus is? I think we're good on that, right, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Handful of people. I feel like they are comfortable with it. I don't want to challenge you over the next uh, 30 minutes, but I'm sure you're gonna at least have a few more takeaways of um, what Nexus is. Now, Nexus is an industry term. That means you've established some sort of physical presence or a tie or a connection to a state that then gives you a requirement to collect and remit sales tax. So there is a traditional Nexus, which we'll talk a lot about today. And then there's also an economic nexus, which came to light over the course of uh, the past two years. So a couple of differences, but we'll we'll outline in in very thorough detail how it's going to impact your business specifically, because every business is going to be involved. So what I like to start with is if you look at everything on the right side over on the side of the map and see all of those those points listed, if you have any of those outside of the state that you're currently uh, located in, those those are gonna be reasons why you're potentially gonna to have to get registered in additional states. So if you have locations in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, you should be collecting and emitting sales tax in, in all of those. And I, and I usually preface with, I'm not a CPA or a tax attorney, so I can't give legal advice, but I'm gonna to speak to all of the conversations I've had over the last five years and the hundreds and hundreds of companies we sign up every month uh, to automate tax compliance. But uh, contract employees, going to trade shows, uh, director online sales, I think about it. Anytime you have boots on the ground or inventory, those are going to be nexus triggering activities where you're going to have to get registered to collect remit sales tax. And what we've seen over the course of the last couple of years, the biggest thing that's changed is that, honestly, due to economic nexus and South Dakota Wayfair, you as the seller no longer control where you have to collect mid sales tax. And I'll elaborate on why I say make that statement because it's a very, very aggressive statement. But South Dakota went to the Supreme Court and they said, you know what? The way people buy and sell products today has drastically changed. So we want you to change the rules. So they went on, on uh, went to the Supreme Court and they argued that because of the rise in uh, e-commerce and and folks selling multi uh, omni-channel that uh they wanted to they felt that the way people buy and sell products has changed so they granted south dakota uh the ability to start requiring remote sellers or sellers that are never stepping foot in their state to get registered to collect room sales tax. so south dakota was the one to to first get this going and what happened was they said if you sell a hundred thousand dollars or or being the key word you have 200 individual transactions in the south dakota You're now going to have to get registered. So let's take a step back. Let's say I sell, I have my own personal website. I'm using WooCommerce and I sell cell phone cases, and they're just very popular in the state of South Dakota, but I never go there. I ship via common carrier. If I had 200 individual transactions to South Dakota, I would then have to get registered, start collecting sales tax, filing sales tax returns, and actually handling the remittance. So that's what I mean by you no longer control which states you have to get registered in for sales tax purposes. Your customers, if they buy enough of your product or service, they're gonna be the ones determining where you have to get registered. So a lot has changed over the last couple years. And the physical presence ruling, meaning if you still have inventory and boots on the ground, that's still in place, so that hasn't changed per se. There's just an additional requirement, uh, an additional thing you have to keep an eye on uh, as it relates to sales in, in additional states. So a couple of the common questions, I get these, on, we get these on almost every call. If I'm already registered in South Dakota, does this court decision apply to me? And the answer is no. If you're already registered in a state for sales tax, it's business as usual. But what I will say is the days of, of businesses only having to collect permit sales tax in one or two states, they're, they're a thing of the past, right? Now, if you're doing over, you know, a couple million dollars a year, most states, it's a hundred thousand dollar threshold. Out uh, there, you're going to have to get registered in five, six, seven, ten, even thirty or forty states, and uh, we'll talk through through what I mean by that here shortly. Uh, does the ruling apply to online transactions? And it applies to online and offline because there's probably a bunch of folks on the call. Uh, whether you're an end user or you're a CPA or a bookkeeper, where you may have clients that solely invoice out of QuickBooks. They don't have e-commerce. They don't sell online and they're doing all of their their invoicing out of QuickBooks. So the ruling applies to all sales. It doesn't matter if you're selling e-commerce or not. That's one of the common uh, misconceptions of the Wayfair ruling. Uh, Does the economic nexus rule apply to non-taxable transactions? And it doesn't change what's taxable, it applies to everything. South Carolina and a handful of other states have gotten extremely aggressive and they said, you know what, we don't even care. What you're selling is not taxable but you do $100,000, we expect you to get registered and start collecting filing remitting sales tax in that particular state. So taxable, non-taxable, online, offline, think total sales, total dollars, total transactions, everything is applicable uh, to the South Dakota Wayfair rolling. And before i go to the next i'll just pause michelle or dan are there any questions that have come in i could i can take a breather here for a second and address any
2: (laughs) yes yes um so we uh, seen a question here do these rules apply to services and i particularly if you could I would like you to address, because a lot of accounting professionals are bundling things now, and they're charging a flat mm-hmm. fee or a value pricing. So let's say for $1,000 a month, I'm gonna do all your bookkeeping, this, that, and the other, and it includes the subscription to QBO, as well as AvaTax and possible other apps. And in some states, I think it was Ohio, you have to invoice those apps separately or it will trigger sales tax on the services as well. So can you kind of talk about the services and what we need to be careful?
0: Yep. a lot of states actually leading up and even uh, pre-Wayfair had changed to start taxing services like North Carolina where I'm located. Uh, Three years ago, they said, okay, services, regardless what it it was, if it was a service and that's how you classified it, it was not taxable. They changed that three years ago. That doesn't really apply to South Dakota Wayfair, but to answer your question, Michelle, if you, the minute you bundle everything together, it takes the, let's say there's five things involved in a sale, you know, onboarding, software service, training, and you actually sell them a laptop or something like that. The minute everything is bundled, it then makes the entire order or the entire bill fully taxable. So the compliant way And not a lot of people do this and that's fine but while we're talking about today the compliant way is to break it down for each individual line item and have that particular bill being broken down from uh whether line item number one is taxable line item number two is exempt uh that's the best way to go about it in our world and we'll talk about kind of why that is uh services are are challenging they have a lot of varying taxability but if you think about selling tpp tangible property right a cell phone case pens notepads Those are always taxable when you get into things like services and software and some of those tricky kind of industries. That's where they're going to see a lot of varying taxability. Um,
2: And so how does Wayfair apply to services?
0: total sales every state is different great question and then we'll get into the second poll so every state is different Uh, a lot of them they don't care if it's taxable or not it's just gross sales so south carolina was the example i I think i used a minute ago but gross sales if you do a hundred thousand dollars whether it's services they may they may want you to get registered there are some states that you've triggered an economic nexus threshold however that service is not taxable some states don't require you to get registered so every state is different i have a great link that will. Summarize this at a per state basis that I will send out here uh, towards the end of the webinar.
1: And I'm all, I'm already overwhelmed, and I thought I knew. I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, I'll make oh I'm smiling so everybody stays happy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, number two.
1: Yeah, I'll launch the poll here. Uh, <laughs> so the question is: Will Will Wayfair versus South Dakota impact your business? Um, that, that that's a big thing. I know a lot of people are, are doing the wholesale, you know, for for their QuickBooks, uh, QuickBooks Online for their clients and and just thinking that, hey, I'll just uh, bundle it as my, my monthly services. And then uh, but what you said there is just a, a huge uh, impact to a lot of folks that, that have that mindset about, uh, well, I won't be able I won't need to collect sales tax because I'm bundling it with my services.
2: Yeah, bundles
0: are are tricky.
2: So Sandy just had a great one here. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. Absolutely. That's why (laughs) sales taxes scare me to death and I say outsource it to Avalara. (laughs) 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 That's why when I present this stuff to people and I am always cautioning them because it's so scary how much we don't know when it comes to sales taxes, you know, because it's so complex. Yeah,
1: there's a. There's a question in here about drop shipping. You know, if you sales in Dallas, the drop shippers in Las Vegas, the customers in Houston, uh, where is <laughs> where is the where is the sales tax submitted in in that instance?
0: Sure, sure. I'll definitely touch on drop shipping. And before we get into the poll, and you, you need to be thinking about, you know, that's technically your inventory. So if your inventory is being drop shipped from Florida directly to your customer you you may not have a tax obligation um, because the sale may not be it may not be shipped to Florida. But you need to be looking at wherever that inventory. Is. At some point, if you have ownership of it, that's going to give you an obligation for sales tax. Now, then at the end of that equation, you'll look at it's being shipped to California, but we have no nexus there. We don't have any requirements. We haven't triggered economic nexus. So you may not charge tax in that order. But where the product or service is being housed. Is where tax can be a, a, a nexus triggering event can happen due to inventory. Inventory is one of the number one reasons why people have to get registered uh, outside of their home state. Gotcha. So our um, our,
1: our poll results are pretty pretty split, but a little bit higher on the on the no uh, answer of will Wayfair versus South Dakota impact your business.
0: Sounds good. We'll dive uh, dive right into it, and I think I may need to share my screen again. Okay, are we good? Oh, no, you you hit it back
1: again. There we go. Okay, we're good. Okay,
0: perfect. Sounds good. So at some point, and I'll say this in a very fair way, at some point, this ruling is going to impact your business. And it may not be now. But the reason I, I like to say phrase it like that is you can't control really unless you decide that you're just not going to ship any product to Florida or South Carolina or Georgia. You know most businesses that they want my product or service, I'm going to sell it to them just as, as a growth standpoint. Uh, but if we look at the current economic uh, nexus, there's not i I get the question all the time. I need to get registered in all fifty states. Well, the good thing is that's not possible <laughs> because there's five states that don't impose sales tax, and those are the nomad states, which are New Hampshire, Oregon, Montana alaska and delaware so those five states you'll never have to get registered in for sales tax purposes so 44 of the 46 tax collecting states have imposed thresholds for economic nexus florida's i think goes into effect sometime soon and we're just waiting on missouri and the way i like to say it is let's say you're a business and you're located in tennessee and you bill you sell these big furry winter coats right you now what you have to focus on as it relates to economic excess is you need to look at the states where you have the majority of your sales so if you never sold a big furry winter coat down to louisiana because it's rather warm down there or alabama you but you predominantly sell to the pacific northwest and and the northeast those are the states where you want to see which ones you have the highest amount of sales and then cross-reference and see if those particular states do have an economic excess threshold and if you pass them then you're going to be obligated to get registered, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and I have a bunch of helpful information i'll send out towards uh towards the end so 40 states impose tax collection on marketplace sellers that's really important so if you're solely selling on a marketplace in a state that they are going to be remitting and filing basically one return and then remitting the tax on behalf of their sellers you may not have to get registered have a bunch of helpful information from our our help center at help.avalera.com where you can walk through and see if you should be registered in that state if you're solely selling on a marketplace a uh, handful of states put use tax reporting requirements in, and then let's say you're uh, you're you're running your banner of, of your website or your product on somebody else's site, or you have a server in that state. There is some click-through nexus laws that apply uh, to so, to a couple states out there currently. So Click by through. definition, wow, I,
1: that just yep. blew my <laughs> mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it happens more often than not. I'll tell you what, they're like, hey, we're advertising some of these things, and and that just tells you how. How challenging it can be and specifically to automate it and, and, and really have a consultation uh, on an ongoing basis where, where where you should be collecting tax and I don't like to read the slides verbatim but this is one that's really important so economic nexus is a tax collection obligation imposed on sellers based on their level of economic activity within a state now if you take physical presence aside It has to do with your volume, your your transactions, your total sales into a particular state. Uh, And every state is different. The majority of the states have put a $100,000 threshold or 200 individual transactions. Now, there's quite a few states that are really challenging that have made it where you have to do and. So I think New York, I believe, is $350,000 and. 200 transactions. Tennessee is just a flat $250,000. So some of the states have made it more challenging, but they also know that certain industries are going to trigger those uh, higher dollar amounts. So now's the time where you have to put a solution in place. And what does it mean for your business? Right? You're going to see additional registrations. As you trigger a threshold, you're going to have to get registered in that particular state. I'll walk through how we can help out with that. That means you're going to have to get a tax ID in that state. You're then gonna get a form that will be provided to you by the state as well as a frequency. I'll dive into that here shortly. And then you're gonna to have to file additional sales tax returns. You know, Again, the days of filing sales tax returns, only collecting and remitting in one or two states, those are long gone. And if you think about it, for the audience on the call today, most end most users, most companies used to rely on their provisor, their bookkeeper, to file the sales tax returns. And they're our number one source for referrals. We partner with them in a, in a great way. And that's why we're doing the webinar today. But sales tax is not not their bread and butter and it's not what they focus on. So being able to handle the the one or two states historically was was pretty, pretty cut and dry because they know those states. But now if you're having to file in 30 plus states, that's where we're seeing an an increase in the calls that are coming into Avalara and just really the need to outsource. And again, focus on things that are going to generate your company revenue. I can promise you sales tax isn't one of them. Uh, and then all the industries that are going to be, be affected by this, right? So drop shipping, marketplace facilitators, direct sellers, every company across the across the entire country is going to be impacted by this at some form or fashion. Uh, any questions? Let me do a quick pause here. Dan, Michelle, anything that's come up? Dan, do
2: you do you want to ask ask one? Otherwise I will.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Michelle.
2: Okay, so one of the pro advisors just says she bundles Gusto into her invoice. Would that be subject to sales tax?
0: Answer these in the best way, not him and and can (laughs) uh, as a not a CPA or tax attorney potentially, and we probably want to take that as a a longer conversation offline.
2: (laughs) Okay, and then um, Jenny says, I think the Wayfair Act is misleading when you read it, as it leads you to believe it only affects e-commerce. Uh Oh, it just moved. But what you're saying is that you need to consider everything your business is selling TPE and services when determining the thresholds for revenue generated in each state. Correct.
0: Correct. It it comes it comes from remote sellers and typically remote sellers are selling e-commerce. And I think that's part of why. the the ruling came into effect because there are so many e-commerce sellers there's millions of folks that are only selling online and if you look at you know where we're going right everybody's trying to make their product and or service available online particularly with what's happening with with our world today right e-commerce is probably thriving i mean if you're in the travel industry you're probably not having a whole lot of fun right now apologies for those folks but you know people are still buying things online and having them ship directly to their door i mean amazon and and the other marketplaces out there, it's just, uh, it's booming. So uh, great question, but it does, re- it does impact total sales. So if we walk through, and again, any other questions that come in, I have about 10 more slides I'm going to go through. Any more questions that do come in, uh, please type them in, and we'll open up towards the end. But what are our tips and tricks? So number one, understand where you should be collecting or remitting sales tax. Uh, We do a very consultative uh, approach here at Avalara. We'll walk through that on the fourth poll question. But uh, number two, get registered to collect remit sales tax. Number three, calculate the proper sales tax. Number four, manage exemption certificates. And then five, remit and file the sales tax return. So we can do a Nexus study to help out with step one. Uh, we actually have an online tool as well. But if you want to do a very in-depth study, we ask you a bunch of questions about your prior 12 months of business activities. And then we'll give you a very detailed report telling you which states we believe you should be collecting remitting tax. Uh, number two, Avaler can do the registrations for you. Uh, we have a turnaround time of about 2 to 3 business days once you submit the application happens very quickly uh, number 3 abatax which I'll dive into here in a minute and then we have cert capture to help maintain the exemption certificates and then also the filing of the sales tax returns all right poll question 3 i'll let you go ahead and uh, fire this one up Dan. all right are you only invoicing out of quickbooks and the reason we ask this question is because of our integration And then really, you know, to see if folks are selling online, e-commerce or any other locations where we may need to help you calculate sales tax. So are you only invoicing out of QuickBooks? We stuck with the yes or no questions just to make it super easy today uh, for the poll questions. So that's where we we get the answers really quickly
2: and then we we keep going.
1: So you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right.
0: (laughs) I love it.
2: So Matt, here's a real quick question for you. If you have an international website selling into the US, do they also, are they liable for sales taxes in the US?
0: Correct. Wayfair is not specific just to US companies. If you are hitting that threshold, it may be a little more challenging for them to reach out to you, but uh, total transactions, uh, regardless of location, all, all sorts of international companies are, are being, being being targeted, not targeted, that's a horrible word. but. Uh, being monitored, if you will, for their goods that are coming in, they're also going to be um, g- going to be liable for potentially duties and customs, and then also uh, cross border, and that's a big, big, big thing we have going on here at Avalara. So we are uh, we've launched our cross border product, which is going to be monumental over the course of the next couple months, a couple years for for e commerce.
1: Yeah, and that and that's like a whole another ball of wax altogether because it's the value added mm-hmm. tax as opposed to you know, the, the sales tax itself and uh, that, yeah, now I'm no, 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 no,
0: no, no. <laughs> so we'll set up a separate <laughs> webinar just to talk about cross border because it's a big initiative and a, and a lot going on there. So we'll, we'll save a whole another one hour to talk about
1: that as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. That we'll need at least, at least an hour for, <laughs> for that. Uh, but yeah, and the uh, results here, uh, 62% uh, only invoicing out of QuickBooks. So uh, good, good okay. feedback there. Hopefully, all right. Looks like we're going to reshare. All right. Again.
0: <laughs> so we're going to jump into Avatar. Can, can you see me okay, Dan? Are we good? Yep.
1: Yep. Looks good.
0: Okay. Perfect, so for everyone on the call today, so AvaTax is our core product. And within AvaTax, we have a couple main offerings that make up the actual suite. So AvaTax requires a direct integration to your software. Uh, We already have pre-built integrations to QuickBooks Online, QuickBooks Desktop, and about 700 other platforms uh, currently, and accounting softwares as well. So, what will happen is you'll download our plugin for desktop or online or whatever you're invoicing out of. And then, when you go to save an invoice, assuming you've told us what states you need to collect or sales tax in, it will reach out to our tax engine represented by the A in the cloud. And we do a lot of things in real time. And I'll have another slide that'll cover this shortly. But we'll actually properly assign the rates, rules, boundaries, taxability at the line item level and put a calculation back into your QuickBooks in under two tenths of a second. So it's a seamless integration that happens very, very quickly under two tenths of a second. It's just that we're overriding the native tax functionality that's built in, which typically is gonna be based on a zip code or you're manually keeping that up to date. Um, That's on the front end, so we can determine the proper sales tax on the back end, we actually have a way to offer the full compliance solution where we can actually file the returns and remit the payments uh, on your behalf as well. So now, a Matt, little bit of uh, yep. So
1: last last uh, QB Power Hour, we talked about e-commerce. Um, when you are doing both, where you're doing it out, you know, invoicing out of QuickBooks and in, you know, selling online, how does how does Avitex Where does it fit in to be able to do both? Yep. Or,
0: Yep. Great question, Dan. Great question. We get this, this, this a lot when people are selling it in two different, two different uh, locations. So we, if we're going to be filing the tax returns on behalf of someone, we're typically going to plug into both locations. So if you had QuickBooks desktop and then you also had like WooCommerce or 3D Cart, we're going to plug into both those platforms. And if you truly do the invoice out of QuickBooks, we actually have it set up for our connectors to do a get tax call. So I can check out on the website the tax can be calculated but then you're actually going to commit that order from an invoicing standpoint however you're doing your 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 billing if you will uh we're set up to be able to accommodate that depending on how they're doing it uh very simple uh, it's just in the configurations yep good question though So here's a bunch of good examples, and Michelle was talking about this earlier. So I'm not going to read all the ones on the right, but you can see the difference for taxable versus non-taxable. And the definitions are going to vary vary via jurisdiction. Um, Taxability is always going to be dependent upon, depending on how it's used. And then also, if you're even selling to somebody that's exempt, right? My favorite one is in the top right where a bagel in New York. So if they slice it, there's effectively a service involved and it is become it then is labeled as taxable. If you get a whole bagel, it's considered exempt because there's no service involved. And you can see the candy bars in Illinois, uh, greater than six donuts and less than six in uh, Texas, and, and then the takeout in Colorado. So it just tells you how difficult uh, the taxability of products and/or services are uh, across the across the country.
1: So if you're in Ohio and you move all of your snow to Illinois. What happens there?
0: <laughs> uh, well, let's, we, we'll find somebody invited in, to the webinar. Indiana. Indiana's
1: in between. What happens in Indiana?
0: <laughs> they tell you to keep eating candy bars while it's snowing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody wins.
2: That just makes my head explode. I mean, it's just so oh, yeah. complex.
0: And here's everything that happens in two-tenths of a second. So we actually validate the address. We look at the sourcing rules. We'll apply the correct jurisdiction. We'll check and see if that customer is taxable. We'll then look at the product, see if it's taxable or exempt. And to Michelle's point earlier about the tax holidays, so there are quite a few sales tax holidays, like go-back-to-school go, go back to school, uh, holidays as well. We'll actually take all of that into consideration. AvaTax has all of that content stored, maintained uh, in our tax engine, and it's up-to-date in real time. Uh this is one of my favorite examples. So the, and we're we're I'm gonna go quick because so I know we'll probably go a little bit over the hour, but I have a few more things I want to run through. So um number one, uh most people are under the impression that sales tax is just based on a zip code. Uh, nine out of ten folks, that's that's what I hear. It's just a zip code, it's just a rate. Well, this is an example in Commerce City, Colorado. All the houses, this is the same zip code, the same neighborhood. All the houses in blue have a combined tax rate of nine point two five percent. And then all the houses in green have a combined tax rate of 4.75%. That's almost a 5% delta from one side of the street to the next. So this is why we say we want to ensure rooftop-level calculations and why AvaTax is a great fit for any companies that are having to collect tax in California, Louisiana, Colorado, and Alabama. Those are some of the most difficult states. And I mentioned earlier exemption certificates. So certificates are very challenging and over half of the tax professional surveys had missing or inaccurate documents. They couldn't produce a proper documentation requested by state auditors. This is one of the number one reasons why people will fail a sales tax audit, right? Certificates need to be up to date, they need to be validated, they need to be managed properly because you as a seller have to make sure That you can provide the documentation to prove why a customer was exempt. So, what we'll do using our Cert Capture portal is store, maintain, validate, and manage the lifecycle of exemption certificates on an ongoing basis to keep you in compliance. This is the third piece of the Avitax platform uh, that you can leverage. All right, so now's where we get excited, right? We're getting right towards the top. Let's talk about how you can get a bunch of these things at no cost. I don't want to say the the, the F word. I don't want to say free, but uh, the Streamline Sales Act is a is a group of 24 member states that were founded in 1999 to come up with some uniform tax definitions. They wanted to simplify the the remittance of sales packs to the states, and they have a governing board, they have an exempt administration, an audit process, there's a lot of really cool things they have put in place, but this is an amazing program. And what we're seeing is companies that are being impacted directly due to Wayfair South Dakota are having to get registered in a lot more states. And the states in green on the map that you can see here are the member states for the SSP program. So the way I like to phrase it is we can actually help you get uh, some significant uh, reductions in fees that you would pay for Avalara uh, by going through the SSD program. And I'll walk through how you can get, I'm just going to say free. Everybody likes to work free. My wife always says it. <laughs> She's like, it's free. Let's buy it. Um, so here's what it means, right? Uh, as long as you don't have a fixed place of business, as long as you have less than $50,000 worth of property, less than $50,000 worth of payroll, uh, less than 25% of total property in any of those states, you can be what is considered a volunteer remitter. And if you are a volunteer remitter, and think about Wayfair, South Dakota, right? The only reason I have to get registered in South Carolina is because I do 100,000. I never go to that state. I don't have any of these bullet points listed. Well, if that's the case, at, by signing up with Avalara and being the certified service provider, you can see everything you will get at no cost, free, via volunteer. So we register you at no cost. We will actually calculate the tax for you in those states at no cost, and then we will also file the sales tax returns for you at no cost if you have volunteer status. So if you think about it, there's 45 states plus DC that collect sales tax, and over half of those states, you can leverage Avalara as a certified service provider and go through the SST program, and then only have to uh, pay fees for the non-SST states. So significantly, uh, it's very beneficial and if you're solely having to get registered due to wait for South Dakota, this is one of those things that it's just a no-brainer. Uh, it takes about 45 to 60 days to get up and running on the program. We have hundreds of companies that are signing up every every month, but extremely beneficial, um, very, very important. And we'll send over plenty of links about the SSD program. All right. So I'm gonna. I, this is one of my last two slides. Let me go ahead real quick, and you can still see my screen, correct? Yep. Okay, perfect. So uh, Avalara has a professional services group as well. So we can do the registrations, which I've touched on uh, quite a couple times. We can do the Nexus studies. We also have some voluntary compliance services. So if you had uh, some some challenges in some additional states and uh, you may have owed a state uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you wanted to go to them and before they reach out to you, one of the number one things you want to avoid is getting a letter from a state. The minute you get a letter from the state, they have the ability to look back. The statute of limitations typically is three to four years. I think California, they can go back up to seven years, but that's where they're gonna come after you for penalties, fines, interest, and potentially taxes that weren't collected, paid, or or, or admitted. So we have, uh, these are former CPAs, tax attorneys, uh, that are Avalara employees they work here and we help out with backfiling uh, mapping the certificates as well as any voluntary compliance services so we offer these services to our avalara customers so if you do buy the software and you go through the sst program we set up free consultations where you can walk through uh, your historical liabilities and, and get a, a proper compliance path moving forward all right final poll question i'll go ahead and let you launch this one dan and then i have a couple other things i'll touch right. on and then we can uh, open up for the q a
1: okay would you like to have a 30-minute convo with Avalara to see where you should be collecting sales tax? So, um, so yeah, this is uh, you know taking it to the next level as far as reaching out and and working with with Avalara. Um, what what would you like to to do moving forward? Next steps is really what what it boils
0: down to. And, and so what we'll, we'll do a, is you, you'll actually yep. go ahead, show.
2: No, no, that's
0: okay. I was going to say what we'll do is, so we have about uh, 30 people here at Avalara that are solely working on on QuickBooks customers. So we're dedicated to the QuickBooks community uh, and we'll have an initial introduction call. Uh, They'll pick a time, set it, put it on the calendar for 30 minutes and we'll walk through, you know, your traditional nexus. Where do you have boots on the ground inventory? We'll walk through your sales from an economic nexus perspective, and really, you may not have any challenges. We talked. I had somebody I talked to last week. They they don't hit economic nexus in any other states. They're located in Massachusetts, and they sell mice like for a computer. So they sell something that's fully taxable. <laughs> Massachusetts has one rate. They didn't need to buy the software, but we had a conversation uh, walking walking through that and talking to them about it. Uh, but anytime you get into services and and and, and uh, maintenance contracts. You know, those are things where we want to walk through your business, talk about how you operate and see if you're even going to be a good fit for Avalara and then how we can help. I I like to phrase it like this. We can help you as much or as little as you need. And I'm a firm believer in this statement. and I say it all the time is do what you do best and then outsource all the rest. Right. Sales tax is our problem. Let us handle it. You focus on revenue generating activities um, and let us help you with the sales tax piece.
1: Awesome. So. um so yeah, there's uh this is such a wealth on and information overload uh, <laughs> when it comes to the sales tax.
0: And and one of the things to keep in mind, you know, there there are the the tax calculations uh, that comes in with QBO. Um, yeah, there's some stuff going on with the filing, so you want to make sure for, for what you need to do uh, as far as that. And you know, if it just starts with registrations, great. Right. We do the calculations. We do the filings, the remittances. We can help you um, end to end. A lot of people are like, well, hey, look, my my CPA has done my sales tax returns for for years in no form of fashion. Are we trying to take business away from from your bookkeeper, your CPA? I mentioned they're our number one partner. Um but we, we can definitely help and, and the days of having to collect tax in only a couple of states are, are definitely long gone. So now we're seeing people in 30, 40 states that are, that are having to collect tax. So, uh, everybody's being impacted by this particular ruling and in my, in my opinion, Now's the time to put a solution in place. And we've seen so many companies reaching out to us now while there's a little slow time. And I got now's the perfect time to set up Avalara because my phone's not ringing off the hook with with everybody working from home. So now's the time. Let's have a conversation. Let's walk through uh, if we're a good fit, if you're a good fit, um, and whether you you can leverage us for for some uh, compliance services moving forward.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily need to be every client that you have you know, work is, is, is needing Avalara services. Uh, you know, if you have a very simple, simple client, simple situation, simple tax situation, one location, brick and mortar store, they don't, you know, there is no, you know, you can, you can make it simple uh, or they, they it, it could be a simple fit um, where you do it yourself uh, and, and you set it up. Now, one, one thing that one person had, had questioned here is, um, when you have well, – I'm looking for the question now. It just uh, flashed off my screen. Um, when, you're well, integrating, to- when you're integrating AvaTax with QBO, where, where does sales tax lie? Is it all in AvaTax or is, are you doing something in QBO
0: and some things
1: in, in AvaTax?
0: you'll be turning off the native functionality in QBO um so that AvaTax can be the the defactor for for the calculation engine so that's one of the things we get where people sign up with Avalara and they're seeing duplicate taxes because they haven't disabled the calculations that come standard in QBO it's a very common question but think about it like this once AvaTax is plugged in you're you're leveraging us to calculate the sales tax whether it's city state county any special taxes that are applicable Uh, And then we'll also look at each line item and determine if it's taxable at 100% or 50% based on the ship to address. Taxes derived, sales taxes derived from the ship to address where the goods are exchanging ownership. So wherever you're shipping the product to. Now, there are a handful of states that have sourcing rules. Like if you're located in that state and you're shipping in that state, I believe Arizona is one of them. You're actually going to charge tax based on wherever you're located. If it's a product, if it's a service, wherever they're performing the service, that's where tax is subject to. Uh, again, super complicated, uh, <laughs> but, we can, but we can help. And, and I have plenty of time. We can stay on for a few minutes. If there's any other questions, please go ahead and uh, type those in. I think Michelle might have just sent a note there. So any questions, they are anonymous. They're, they're, we, you can ask your question about your business. We promise okay. we won't say your name or or anything along those lines.
2: Well, well, Matt, I did have a question, and I also wanted you to share the slide that has the resources and the links that you have. Um, but can you talk about what type of support and partner programs you have available for accounting professionals?
0: Yep. So we have a direct partner program where you can sign up to be an Avalara partner. Uh, there's a commission structure based on uh, the recurring fees for the software. Um you'll actually have a, a person you'll work with and, and Jamie may be on the call. I think she may have hopped off at the top of the hour, but we have a, a whole group of folks that are dedicated towards the, the the QuickBooks community, the QSPs that are out there, the bookkeepers, pro advisors. Um and then what'll happen is we'll actually link whoever you refer over to the software piece, uh the end user, uh they'll be tied to your account so we'll see who you referred over, which of them actually purchased the software and all why. They're all gonna go through a full consultation of whether Avalero is gonna be a good fit um from that standpoint. And let me put a couple of these other uh, other links in the chat. Did that first one just come through? I think I should have just sent it. I'm gonna put a couple things in here about the, the South Dakota Wayfair ruling as well as the streamlined sales tax. Again, the SSD program is very beneficial. One of the other questions we get, Michelle, is how often do I have to file tax returns? That's one of the biggest questions we get, and it's tough because Avalara doesn't make that determination. So the states will determine your filing frequency when you're getting registered, as well as what forms you file. You will then bring the form and the frequency and tell our software when that is and when you want us to start filing, and then it will be automated moving forward. We will also alert you if you trigger economic Nexus in a given state. So Avitax has like a heat map built inside the product. When you log in, the moment you go over 80% of that threshold in a given state, the state will be highlighted in like a dark orange color, and then you can leverage us to get you registered in those particular
2: states. That's great. And and you all have the slides. If you don't have them, remember, you can get them um, on the GoToWebinar toolbar or you can get them from that link uh, that we mentioned earlier. You've got Matt's contact information. So if you are interested in that partner program, Jamie, I saw put in here, contact Matt or Jamie to become a partner. Lots of benefits for our partners. And I I love that. I mean, that way we don't have to be a sales tax expert, but we know where to go to get the help to support our clients so that, you know, we can turn to you all for that expertise in this area. And that's why I recommend you all so highly. Um, I definitely yeah. don't know all this. <laughs> and every, time, um, every time I hear from you all, I, you just blow my mind again. I mean, it's just every time there's so much.
1: Yeah, well, I remember one of the my, my, when I was first in my training for technical support for QuickBooks, that was that was a, a big takeaway from uh, from that. It was like a six, seven, eight week training program. I'm like, I, there's no way I'm going to know all this stuff about QuickBooks in general. And the the key takeaway was you don't have to know all the answers. You just need to know where to go to find the answers. Um, and the same holds true to to Avalar and sales tax, you know, because there are so many. Unknowns uh, and and it's it's like a daily change in the activity. Uh, you have a you have a good partner in in avalara as far as getting getting those answers, even just to reach right. out.
2: Well, and and Don and just type in here. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, and if the taxability of a product to to your point, Dan ever changes from month to month or, or across state lines, we have these. uh We have about twenty five hundred tax codes. So they're Avalara-specific system tax codes that you will classify whatever you're selling to the best of your ability. So if you sell clothing, if you sell, I think we have like 10 tax codes for a belt, um, software as a service, labor. If you're unsure if labor is taxable, we have a tax code for labor. So we will determine based on wherever you're shipping the product to whether or not that, that particular uh, line item is taxable or not. The The tax codes are very important. So if you're curious, if we have content behind your uh, what you're selling, you can look at our tax bill lookup tool. And one of the biggest things of the benefits for Avalara when it comes to the filing and the remittance, we have over 110 people in our compliance team alone. That's all these people do is file tax returns every month. We must pay them good because they seem wow. happy every time we we'll walk by them. That <laughs> job is horrible. I don't know how they do it, uh, but they seem happy. And and, and when the sales guy walks by and says, hey, to the compliance team, they're like, hey, I'm like, all right, well, they seem they seem like they're going doing good. So uh, they have their deadlines for the quarterlies. And when they're in cycle, it's uh, – uh, they're the they're the hardworking folks on our side to make sure the the returns get filed. I think we filed over seven million tax returns in 2019. So, wow. uh, a lot of cool stuff out there. But we can we can definitely help.
1: Is there some kind okay. of uh, guarantee or uh, you know with with being in compliance that, that you guys offer? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever seen. Yeah, it.
0: we're the yeah we're the first company to offer a guarantee for the calculations. Uh, assuming you set the company up properly, if you pick a tax code for software but you sell clothing. That's not we're not really on the hook for that. But assuming you set up your company properly, uh, we have we're the first company to a- a- automatically provide a hundred percent guarantee accuracy for the rates. Uh, when it comes to the filing of the returns, we file them properly. We fill them out uh, in the proper form. We'll get any tax, uh, any uh, prepayment. So if you file returns on time, they are online uh, um timely filing discounts that we will roll into your, your actual filings as well. Um, So we do have plenty of guarantees that come into play. Awesome.
2: Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I I love Don's, Don's question here. He says, trying to determine if Avalara is needed, dot, dot, dot. And that's my, I I guess that's a good place to say, contact them for the free 30 minute discussion. I don't want to make that decision because if I make it wrong and they have a sales tax audit, then I am liable and I, you know, had malpractice or whatever sales tax is so complex i don't trust myself to be an expert in this area, so i'm going to turn to someone who is an expert um, so I would say if you're not sure if you need them, all the more reason that you need a thirty minute call with them to, so that they can help you make that decision whether it's needed or not um, so again you've got matt's information you're going to be inundated Matt uh, bring it but, we
0: we have plenty I have a lot of i we our calendars have been a little. A little open lately so we're we're thriving for the conversation so now now's the time to hop on a call and we'll we'll start at the very beginning. What do you know about Nexus? What do you understand Wayfair Is it going to impact your business? Do you even need to get registered in some of these states it's a It's a very consultative approach, so uh it'll be a one to one ratio and uh we're we're here to have the conversation now's the time.
2: Well, Matt, I think this has been very, very informative. And I know some people were saying, hey, we need to know more about this. We want to know more about that. So I'm very glad that we've had you guys on today and we look forward to doing some more webinars where we can dig into some more details with you all in the future, because this is a very important area. And I think a lot of accounting professionals like myself uh, don't understand the complexity of all this and so I love you all helping us with that and being a resource for us and I appreciate you being here and staying overtime a little bit but I do want to respect your time um, and remind everybody we will or Dan you can tell them about the landing page where they can access um, the Avalara webinar and some resources
1: yeah yeah once uh, in, in the next week or so we're gonna put uh, on the QB power Hour uh, website a landing page for for just for Avalara so uh, it'll be uh, this webinar, the podcast and any useful or, or uh, links that that uh, that we want to put in there that were uh, part of it. So you have a, a landing point to uh, to reach out or, or watch it again, because I know I just need to and I participated.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> All right. Matt, any last comments or thoughts?
0: No, I'm just putting a handful of other links in here that walk through kind of the timeline for how you set up the returns uh, The marketplace requirements if you only sold on a marketplace But you had QuickBooks on the back end just a bunch of other helpful information uh, helpful links in here So and we'll send them up to you Michelle We can send them out uh, to anybody else that wants them if they've already hopped off, but um, uh, I appreciate the time and thank you for having us We really appreciate it
2: Thanks for joining us. Yes And for the attendees, if you want to save all those links and you're frantically trying to copy and paste them, if you go to the GoToWebinar toolbar and click on File, you'll see where it says Save the Chat Log or the Questions Log. You can save both of those um, so that you will be able to have access to those links and, and Um, not have to copy and paste them all really quickly. But like Dan said, we'll get those posted for you. So Matt, with that, thank you very much. Enjoy your afternoon with your wonderful baby girl. She's so cute. I will, Um, thank you, we'll see
0: you soon.
2: Yeah, thank you everybody for joining us. Bye Dan, bye us.
0: We'll see you you next time. Bye Dan, see you Michelle, thank you. We hope
1: you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.